NatureClean has been making chemical-free cleaning products and personal care products since 1963. Their ingredients are naturally derived from plants and minerals for an effective yet environmentally friendly clean. Many products by NatureClean are approved by the USDA as being certified bio-based. All of their products are vegan and not tested on animals. Buy them online at natureclean.ca. Hi, I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com and co-host of our Naturally Savvy podcast. And I am Lisa Davis, MPH health educator, co-host of Naturally Savvy and author of the book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex Memoir Cookbook, Healthy Lifestyle Guide. At Naturally Savvy, we are here to help you make healthier lifestyle choices. So we are so honored that you are tuning in to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. And we are here to engage you, have fun and help you live your healthiest lifestyle. Now on to the show. Naturally Savvy Podcast is sponsored by Morphous for Menopause. Hi, Andrea. How are you? So glad we're doing Naturally Savvy. Hey, Lisa. Great to see you and hear your beautiful voice. Thank you. Well, I, you know, I don't know if you recognize me. It has been, I don't think I've had a haircut since COVID. I mean, it's completely out of hand. But you know what? I'm kind of just going with it. Like I have no style. It just does nothing for me. And I'm just <laughs> going to embrace <laughs> embrace the crazy and not give up. You know what? Uh, anyway, it. today we have a fabulous guest. The wonderful laugh you just heard is of Jonathan Goldman. Uh, we're going to be talking about his fantastic book, The Gift of Body, a multidimensional guide to energy, anatomy, grounded spirituality, and living through the heart. Jonathan M. Goldman, M.ac, joins us now. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. Nice to be with you. Great to have you. That's a really wonderful title. And I'd love to start with just a basic question. I was reading that you have worked four decades in energy medicine. And I would love to know, what is energy medicine? Energy medicine uh, is based on this understanding that underlying everything is energy, right? The difference, the different, what makes me be able to talk to you, you be able to talk to me, us to consider ourselves alive is that we have an energetic structure underlying our physical body. And when that's done, right, when it's, we're out of here, the energy dissolves and what's left is the lump of clay. So there, and it's underlying everything, right? What holds the universe together is electromagnetic energy. And that's one expression of universal energy. So energy medicine is, is working with those underlying structures to affect positive change in the more superficial structures. And how do you work with those underlying structures? How do you get to that? Well, I started out uh, doing acupuncture, all right, when, in 1976, when nobody even knew what the word meant. Uh, and uh, I was one of the first people, I lived in Boston at the time, uh, I was one of the first people in the United States outside of Asian communities to practice acupuncture. So acupuncture is a 5,000-year-old energy medicine uh, system. And so the first, my first entrance into that was to learn that very, um, very structured, very well mapped uh, way of affecting positive change. And then what happened for me was I did that for 12 years. And mostly I did it in a seven by eight foot room in the top of my house in the, in the urban center of Boston. 
And then in my own process of healing, in my own process of my own seeking my own healing, I ended up in the mountains of Brazil. And it's a tiny community, a, a self-selected spiritual community in the in the cone of a volcano in the in rural Brazil, because the man who was my psychotherapist, who was a Brazilian, promised me that in a month I would be able to do the equivalent of ten years of therapy and ten years of meditation in a month. And so, you know, I'm an American. I thought, wow, that's a good deal. Yeah, sign me up. Right? Right? And so so I went there, but I didn't – I mean, I was, you know, more than a babe in the woods. I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. Well, what happened was I got turned inside out by this super powerful, energy-based, spiritual, authentic, healing-slash-spiritual awakening work that practiced by these people in this community and many people, many communities around the world. But at that time also, nobody knew, for instance, nobody knew the word ayahuasca, right? Right. Right? Nobody knew that. In this context, that tea that now is ubiquitously ubiquitously called uh, ayahuasca, it was called daimi. But I didn't know anything about that. Nobody knew that. Now, you know, it's everywhere and many people are doing it and and it's become a thing. Then nobody knew nothing. And so I went there with that promise and ended up being turned inside out in terms of my psyche, in terms of my emotions. Uh, I had been in therapy for years and had never had anything that pinned me in the corner and put me face to face with everything that I needed to look at. And and without, I I mean, I can say without mercy, but without letting me wiggle. And so that was one level. So that, that that thing of 10 years of therapy turned out to be more than true. And I discovered, much to my total surprise, that I had built into me uh, an, an energetic, spiritually-based healing channel that opened me to information and opened me to influences beyond my own little bubble. And I didn't know that, but I would started hearing voices that I knew weren't mine and feeling energy coming through me. When I returned to Boston uh, and returned to my, my practice, I would put my hands on people and they would get better. And, you know, things like that started happening, not with my conscious prayer, but because I had been so worked, right? So like, like a dough that had been worked and finally turned into some useful bread. I'm a big believer in energy, and I know for people who are listening who might say, oh, this sounds a little woo-woo, can you talk about the science? Because it is so now well accepted. We know that energy exists. We know that it's not woo-woo. Talk a little bit about where, like, for people who want to understand the scientific basis of it. Can you go into a little bit of detail about that? For sure. Look, some of it is not yet measurable. But the fact that it's not measurable doesn't mean it doesn't exist, exactly. right? Yeah. The thing about woo-woo is woo-woo puts, puts fantasy stories on top of reality. This is real. It, it's not woo-woo because it, it, it exists. So there are many ex- experiments that have been done to test the actual electromagnetic field around everything, 
right? Around stars, around the sun, around you and me. And uh, we're discovering more and more the the deeper and deeper basis, the underlying vibrational field that creates everything. I want to bring it down to the the human experience level. And when we, let's say we're out and about or we meet a friend and we see someone and they're like, we're like, ooh, I don't like their energy. Yeah. Their, their energy isn't driving with me. What does that mean exactly? And how could we change it if we wanted to? Oh, great question. What a great question. Oh, there's a lot of ways to answer it. Okay, here here's the here's the thing that I would say. We have we live mostly, especially in the culture that we all inhabit, with an illusion. Which is I'm a me, you're a you. Uh, I can just do my thing and be my thing and you can just be your thing and we have nothing to do with each other if we don't want. That is completely not true. I mean, it's, it, it is essentially vibrationally just not true. We live in a paradox. We live in, it seems like I have a body, you have a body, and these bodies we do with when, what we are. But underneath, we're all part of a matrix. You know, the now there's a... a, a it just came out, I read an article last week about how uh, mushrooms, how fungi communicate underneath, right? There's a there's a, an underlying thing. It looks like, oh, well, there's one mushroom, there's another mushroom. Underneath, every all oh, the whole forest is one one matrix. So, right, so we, we are this way. We live, we do what we can because we've, we've created this cultural idea to make that not be true, but it is true. And so what that, that example is, I, we live in a sea of energy. I live in a sea of energy. You live in a sea of energy. It's in, the air isn't clear. It's full of thought. It's full of vibration. And somebody like you, somebody like me, is just more, more attuned to the seaweed, to the fish, to the things in the sea. So when you meet that person or I meet that person, they have an aura which doesn't stop at their body, can be one, two, three feet out working in an egg, right? My son, when he was five years old, he looked at me and he did, said, oh, dad, I see we're eggs with legs. That's awesome. So my egg touches your egg. And then there's all kinds of communication that's going on. And if if you're if, if you meet me, and I have thoughts going on that are difficult, and I'm in a difficult emotional state, or I'm carrying around you know an active trauma, which many people do, or blah blah blah, you are going to feel the impact of that on your egg, and it sends a message to you that says "ooh," and and. And again, that's not woo-woo. That, that, that's just what happens. And somebody like you, somebody like me, as we train ourselves to accept our natural sensitivity, right, which is something that, that, that I teach people to do, like, let's own it. I'm a sensitive person. You're a sensitive person. We don't have to anymore dumb it down. So we do that, and then that becomes a gift rather than a punishment. It reminds me that egg, your egg analogy is when, how many, how, how many times, Lisa, I'm sure this has happened to you too, where you think of somebody, 
Right. And either they call you Mm -hmm. or you call somebody. You're like, oh, wow, that's so funny. I was just thinking about you the other day, the other hour, like whatever it is. So that's, it reminds me of something similar to that. How would you explain that, John? Oh, that same way. I think we are, we are connected, right? Uh, My wife was just teaching me this the other day about how everything is connected electromagnetically. So we're all connected electromagnetically, and then these this information rides, so to speak, rides on those electric magnetic waves. You know, this electric magnetic connects you, connects my heart, connects your heart, connects everybody's heart, and then here comes a thought that rides on that. Now, why does that happen to you today, and it didn't happen yesterday? To me, that's a mystery. You know, uh, two months ago, I had a dream about a friend of mine. I hadn't thought about her in a year. And she was pregnant all of a sudden in a dream. And I wrote to her and I said, hey, nice. I, 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 uh, I just dreamed that you were pregnant. Is that right? And she didn't, she didn't reply. And, th- and then a month later she wrote, yeah, yeah, you were right. I didn't want to tell anybody. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> How does that differ from a premonition then? Premonition is you're, you're picking up something beyond the actual, lin- beyond linear time. Now, why does one person be tuned in to that and nobody and another person not, again, is the mystery of the slight differences in what I call the customization of the vehicle, right? So I have a vehicle, You have they're generic, right? They're generic. And pretty much every uh, creature, the vehicle is generic, right? The, there's not much difference between a mouse and you. Or a fish in you, you know, the dog. The dog is based fundamentally the same as, as as us, but they're customized based on lots of different things. Based on what I call karma, which is the 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 what is built into us as this particular vehicle is created. It's customized, so. This person's going to be an empath. This person's going to be very intellectually smart. This person's going to be blind. This person's going to be, right? So that the experience of being in a body is slightly different based on what it is that we need to learn in a particular life. We're in a school, right? The the thing that I say in my book is this vehicle is a mobile schoolroom. So depending on what my curriculum is. So my curriculum was I needed to be someone who who didn't hardly feel anything because I was so traumatized in my lot, my my childhood and I needed to learn to feel. And so I was brought by this intuitive crazy thing to Brazil where the vibration of what I was going through was so strong that I had to start feeling. I didn't have any choice. And then I, that's what I teach now. How do you enter your body? How do you be in your body and be happy about it and it not be a prison sentence? Oh, yeah, that's huge. You know, I look at my daughter who is a complete empath and it's just overwhelming. I mean, it overwhelms her how sensitive she is and how she feels so strongly. And she anthropomorphizes everything. So everything has feelings and it's exhausting. Any... I mean, it's a beautiful quality, but it's also can, can you know, take its toll. Sure. How do you preserve yourself when you're an, you're an empath? Great question. How old How old's your daughter? 16. She's okay. always been this way. Well, I'll tell you what she should do. First thing is she should talk to my daughter 
Oh, okay. Who's exactly the same way? <laughs> who's now who who who's now thirty four, and has learned, and is still learning. But the same thing, super sensitive, positively and negatively, right? I mean, knows things that other people don't know, can feel the truth of things that other people don't, right? I was uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, my wife and my daughter and I were in our kitchen and we're standing around the kitchen counter and we're having this conversation, super intense conversation. And my daughter stops and she goes, somebody here needs to cry and it's not me. <laughs> and I went like, you know, me, it was me. So it, this is an art. So the, the thing I want to refer to something I said a minute ago, Owning that, first of all, so, you know, you're an awesome mother, so you're not telling your daughter, ah, you're making it up. Why can't you be, be like, you, you know, your cousin Cecile, she doesn't feel anything. You know, you're you're not doing that. So, first of all, she owns it, So she, and she knows there's nothing wrong with her, that it's a gift. The second thing is this. Here's the thing that I teach because it was what I needed to learn. There is a difference vibrationally between compassion and empathy. It's a super important distinction to be made at this point because there are many people like your daughter, like my daughter, who have that sensitivity, don't know what to do with it. And especially in this time when, you know, the, the external paradigm is broken down, many, many people are feeling so much in the sea that I referred to. So empathy is a way to connect, is a, a vibrational connection with another person, like a link that then puts me in touch with their vibration, with their emotions, so I know what's up with them. The problem with it is it also opens a channel for me to receive the energies that they're carrying. So empathy ev eventually leads to burnout because a person gets overwhelmed. So there are two things that need to be taught. One is how to clean your vehicle energetically, just like you take a shower, but there are ways to do it, cleaning yourself with light. So that's the first thing that I teach. How do you actually literally, and it's not woo-woo, how do you build an internal structure in your, in your energy body so that you can, at the end of a day when you've been seeing people or you've you know your daughter's been talking on the phone or whatever how do you sit meditate put yourself literally in your shower call the light of a full moon over your head bring it down into your body and everything that you've picked up that's not yours right which is what she's doing which is what i doing which is what my daughter does the energy that didn't originate with her she can send it off. That's number one. Number two is learning the, the inner science of linking with a place of compassion in her heart chakra so that her shield is compassion. So that empathy becomes a, a method of inf gathering information. It's not the way. My, what my daughter says about it is she says, empathy is a door compassion is a door. Empathy, you walk through the door and you know what's going on with somebody, but come out of that room, then open the door of compassion. And that's what you hold for the person. Right? Right? 
there really are three different energies. There's sympathy, empathy, and compassion. So sympathy says, I'm going to do it for you. Empathy says, I'm going to do it with you. Compassion says, I'm going to hold a space of total presence for you to do it yourself. And I know you can do it. And you will. Completely different. And energetically, compassion, which lives right in front of the heart chakra, about four inches right in front of the heart chakra, and is an inner tube of vibration that surrounds our body. I'm not making this up. This is this is actually built into literally every human has this a chip of compassion that we activate by awareness and breath. So we activate that, and that's my shield. And so any any of those energies that come from that empathetic connection don't they don't come into my body. They come into that space of compassion where they get held, where they get radiated, what I would say radiated by light, and then they get taken into the place of a good place for them. Now, when you say light, do you mean like just natural light? You mentioned the moonlight. Do you mean like sitting in the sun? I mean, I take this literally. I So I just want to make sure I'm understanding. Both. Okay. No, both. There, there, there is literal light, right? What the sun does to us, what moonlight does, moonlight is reflected light, but what that literally does to us, right? You go out under a full moon, if you're a sensitive person, you're like, oh, wow, thank you, right? But I'm also talking about that original, what it, the, the, the light behind the light, the vibration that comes. When you get to the space that we do when we do the work we do of creating that of centering yourself grounding on earth it's called the three groundings grounding yourself on earth in your body centering your awareness in the space of your heart in the middle of your chest and in the expanded space of your heart and then opening up everybody has a natural built-in connection to that underlying vibration that I call light. And literally, you feel it come into your body. It depends on if you're a more visual person or a more kinesthetic person. You feel it. You see it. And it becomes your best friend. Wow. Becomes now, your I, mentioned the, I mentioned the anthropomorphizing. Is that something as part of being an empath or is that just her? <laughs> I only ask because I... I it's so extreme. I'll just give you an example. And if this is something that doesn't have no, to do with ahead. anything, I'll just cut this out. But so she was she was drawing a Valentine for her best friend and she had drawn a picture of her and, and she accidentally cut off her arm. And my husband said, oh, poor Esme. And my daughter just burst into tears. And my husband's like, well, Esme's not really hurt. She goes, yeah, but I felt like like she just is so it's so intense. Like she was bawling, crying. And my husband were just like, oh my God. Like it, it's kind of scary because it's like you say to her, no, no, Esme's fine. Esme's fine. But she's like, I feel like I cut her. I feel like I hurt her. Like <laughs> what's going on? I mean, is that a thing or is this just my, she's a very quirky kid. Is this just her? And I say that lovingly. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious, is anyone else? Am I the only one? I mean, I need a support group for kids who anthropomorphize so much that it like affects her her energy, right? Have you heard of that? I'd say it's two things. One, okay. she actually is in touch with uh, things that that the rest of us are not in touch with, right? 
So, for instance, for instance, I bet when when she was little, did she have what what we would call imaginary friends? Oh, her imagination was off the charts. Right. Yeah, always some has the, been. Some of them were not imaginary. Some of them were not imaginary. Some of them were fairies and little creatures and and little entities that that exist but we block our vision so some of them were and then some of them also were imagination so that's one thing the other thing is my sense is she's making sense out of all this sensation she has and put trying to put it into some form that she can relate to other than just wow i'm just feeling energy all the time so she, anthrop- she anthropomorphizes also in order to at least make it so she has some conscious relationship with it. So she's not just completely overwhelmed all the time. So, I, I mean, I hope she does things like she's writing and she's. She does. She does a lot of journey, a lot of creative rhyme. Yeah. yeah. Now, did your daughter anthropomorphize? Yeah, both. She had, she had, she had uh, her friends. Now we look back, right? Because it was 34 years ago. So my wife and I didn't really know. We were like, we were fine. You know, you have your little friends. Now we look back and we're like, oh, those weren't imaginary. You had your friends. Because now she has connection with her guides, with actual consciousnesses that sometimes speak through her, that give her messages, give her, you know. And my my daughter's a very grounded, very yeah, she should no, talk to her. Right? No, she should. She's going to help her a lot because uh and so so it's both. It's and then the art, right? When you when you learn how to how to connect with your heart and be in the space of compassion, you get the discernment so that the person knows what's what, which is super important. So it's important for me. I have incredible imagination. I'm a writer and blah 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 blah. So for me to know what's the boundary like what's for real? What's as referring to the earlier conversation? What's a not woo woo, but weird, right? There's lots of things that are not woo woo but weird. What's not woo woo but weird, and what is an imagination? And they're both useful, but they're not the same thing. Now, Andrea, haven't you had like? Don't you talk about like angels and things? Yeah, tell us about that. You know, it's funny. You literally took the question out of. Go there actually. Well, what I want to do first, just quickly, one of the things, just to go back, Jonathan, what you were saying about being able to protect ourselves. One of the mantras that I was given, I work with an energy healer all the time, and I'm a huge believer in this and have been for many, many years. And one of the things she gave me was to say, I am sovereign, I am free, only I can govern me. And we always, you know, to clear out the the energy from other people that come on us. But to answer your question, Lisa, yes. And Jonathan, you just touched on guides and angels. And I do think it's something that we should absolutely talk about because I've raised my kids, interestingly enough, I've raised my three and I've raised my kids talking about angels all the time. I believe in guides. I believe in our angels. I believe we ask our angels for help, even to the point when we're you know, trying to find this is when we were before we were actually allowed to shopping malls and we would go to a shopping mall and we'd be trying to find parking and we'd be like, okay, parking angels, parking angels, one, two, three. Like we would have like these cute little jingles for it. And I've raised my kids, you know, talking about angels very openly. And I, I, I have no issue talking about it. And I don't think it's woo. And I do believe we have guides and consciousness, like you put it. And out of my three kids, Two of them believe in angels and guides. And one of them, my son, is so black and white to the point where he was like, 
he's like, doesn't believe it at all. And he, to, you know, he'll say to me, oh, you know, it's so woo woo, you're talking about your angels. So my question would be is, how does that happen? Like you have a household where I am very open, very open about it and very spiritual. And, but yet I have three kids and one of them is like totally the antithesis of my belief. And I find it fascinating. So I'm going to tell you the same thing that, that I told her. He should talk to my son. <laughs> because my son is a scientist. He said, he says, you know, he said, look, I'm a scientist and uh, I don't believe in any of this stuff now because he's experienced it in him. He's a scientist, but also he's a mystic. So it has to do with experience. And again, you know, it has to do with the, the custom customization of the vehicle. So your son's vehicle, he in this life, he his learning is coming through that matrix, through that ma- that scientific matrix, like my son was. And then you have to have to see if he's if he, his path is going to lead him. My son's path led him to come to Brazil with us come to Mexico because we go to Mexico to do our work as well. And he saw, but he's still a scientist. He said to me at one point, he said, okay, I'm willing to talk about God. I'm willing to talk about all this other stuff. He says, but don't talk to me about the big bang. (laughs) That's funny. And also I think he's also, he's 17. He's probably trying to find himself. And you're right. You know, you never know where that path will lead them, but, and it's good to ask questions and it's good not to take everything for face value at face value anyhow. But, uh, and he challenges you, yeah, and, yeah, right? Yeah. He challenges yeah. you because look here. Let, let's also be truthful about this realm of of opening to non physical things. There is there. There's reality. There's also woo woo. There's also craziness. Yeah. You know, people step over in what I'm saying and step over in from the place of actual experience. So look, I do a particular kind of ceremonial work. People people come to me and said. I met the Virgin Mary, and I'll say, okay, wait, what did you see? Oh, I saw blue. Well, how do you know what the Virgin Mary? Well, I saw a picture once, and the Virgin Mary has a blue cape. No, what you saw was blue. What did it feel like? Oh, it felt wonderful. I felt so happy. So you felt happy, and you saw blue. Let's stick with that, and then from that, okay, you're going to know more next time and next time. You see, so people like jump and need to put a story on an experience and which is, of course, but that's what we're seeing, right? We're seeing in the general field now, people have an experience and are putting a story on it and and it turns into blah, 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 turns into craziness. So the fact that your son has challenged you to be like, okay, what do you know? I think that's a good thing. That's what my son, you know. My uh, my son does this with me all the time. Like, wait, 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 wait. How do you know that? I consider it a gift. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. You mentioned earlier, Jonathan, that you had gone through trauma as a child and you needed to feel. And that led you sure. on your journey or to or your, sure. one of your part of your destination on that journey. What if somebody is so stuck? And doesn't realize that they've they've suffered from and trauma could be big or small, right? T. 
and they are so stuck in where they're at. And, and you know, as an outsider, as an empath, that somebody needs the help and you've told them and you're like, I want you to go, you know, just speak to this person or do this or do the work, right? As we say, but yet they're still so stuck in their old programs. How do you, I guess my question would be, is I know we're probably, it's probably a redundant question, but like, or it's like, how do we help them see the light or just not even bother? Like it's because it, because somebody who, when you, when you see somebody and you know that they could benefit from feeling, but yet they're so close to being open to it. How do you help them along on their journey or inspire a journey for them? Or, you know, can you? The first thing is you have to uh, control your impulse to smack them upside the head, right? right? That's the first thing, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I need to shake myself. Okay. Look, that's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing. I mean, it, the hardest, hardest thing is, of course, someone who's close to you and someone that you love because the the boundaries of relationship are very fluid. But it's the true in, in the healing work that I do right? What I've done for, for many, many years and the people that I train, the hardest thing is to give someone their own process, which is the advantage then of that space of compassion. Because literally when I'm sitting in the space of compassion, that impulse in me, that wanting to fix them because I love them or because, and, and because that bleeds over into, I, I need you to, to fix yourself because it's making me nervous, Right? That isn't there in the space of compassion. Literally, I don't feel that. I don't feel that. I, I, I just am there observing. And what happens in the space of compassion also is I know what to say and how to say it. Because, of course, someone who's in that space, if, if, if you or I are like, well, look I, I, look, I know what's going on with you. I see what's going on with you. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? They dig their heels in and they're like, I'm never going to see it. Right? The space of compassion, when I'm in my space of compassion, which I do, I practice many times a day, many times a day. I know what to say intuitively, right? Because this, 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 because intuition, the voice of intuition also it comes through the heart. So when I activate the space of compassion, I'm also activating the voice of intuition, real intuition. So my intuition tells me what to say, which usually is shut up. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> or okay, let's, let, let's feel into what the reality of this person is. Where are they? And it becomes like Tai Chi. Like, oh, I can feel this and I can feel that. Okay, now here's the thing that I'm going to say. And sometimes then when I say completely surprises me, like, wow, really? And then, and almost all the time, it helps. It gets in through that defense and gives them, a feeling of something a little different, at least that someone cares and isn't criticizing them. And I think it's important. I think it's important too to note that sometimes if you, when you do say something and coming from that place of compassion, that sometimes, and I know like, I'm guilty of this too, or, you know, in conversations my mom and I have all the time is initially we might get defensive, but then once we've thought about it and processed it, 
And depending how long or short you can pr you process things, that sometimes they'll come around after and say, you know what, I thought about what you said. I initially got defensive, or I'm going to speak for myself. I initially got defensive, but I thought about what you said, and you know, I hear you, kind of thing. You know, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. And which is one of the qualities of that space of compassion, which is you have your pace. I know you're going to get it when, and you know, I'm here for when you get it. Now you had said you practice a few times a day the compassion. Talk to us about that. Okay. So I can show you in like a minute, this space of compassion. You want me to do it? Yeah. So we're going to do a very short little meditation here and I'm going to teach it to you right away. So here's how you do it. Just put yourself in a, in a vertical, comfortable position, like you would be meditating. Feel the sensation of your feet and just feel like squinky, squinch, squinch your toes a little bit just to put yourself in contact with your feet through your feet and then through your first chakra, right? Which, you know, comes right out of the, between your legs, put that into the ground and just connect to the ground and breathe like that. Then, Trace your breath. Breathe in and breathe right up the center of your body, right in front of your spine, and arrive at the top of your breath at the space of your heart in the middle of your chest. And do that three times. And then arrive in, with your awareness right in the center of your chest and your heart. Like that. That's it. Now... Your hands, take your hands and put the, the butt of your hand right in the center of your chest and stick your fingers out in front like you're making a shelf right up in front of your heart chakra. Okay. You're making a shelf. Your finger right yeah. here. Hands par parallel to the, to the ground. Okay. Then go sit on your fingers. Breathe and put your breath right out to the end of your fingers and put your awareness there like you're sitting on a dock with your feet dangling over into the lake. So imagine it, feel it, see it, doesn't matter. Your awareness is right where your fingers are. Now, see, feel, sense that from that distance of your fingers, all the way around your body is an inner tube of vibration. Surrounds your whole body, a ring there. Like that. Where you are now is literally, not metaphorically, the space of compassion. That's where compassion lives in you. Wow. I need to... I need to do that because I have a friend with an eating disorder and it drives me insane. She's like, I'm a monster. I can't leave my house. I'm like, you're size two. You know, like my, my logical comes, comes in and I, I, I just, I, I feel like such an ass because I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't know what to say. I don't, I, and I want to be there for her, but I get so annoyed because, you know, she'll be like, oh, you look great. I'm like, I'm a size 12. How, how are you a monster? Like, not even saying like taking it as she's saying something about me because she's always, oh, you look great. I'm like, you don't like this cognitive dissidence is, but again, that's a mental illness. There's certain things that you can't just 
logically berate somebody into believing, right? And so I need to work on that space of compassion. So here's what you do also is you make it an experiment. Like you activate the space of compassion. So for instance, that that I just taught you, if you teach that to your daughter and she gets it, she's going to change her life. Wow. I will do that. Right. And make it an experiment. Right. In other words, the, the the berating you know doesn't work. So when you're when you're with your 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 friend, do that. Step in the space of compassion and see what happens. Check it out. Be like, okay, well, what am I going to say now? And then see. And you, what's going to happen is you're going to see differently. You're going to see underneath the, the the obvious what is obvious, right? Her obvious disturbance, her obvious misunderstanding. You're going to see underneath it because the space of compassion is neutral. And you're going to – literally, you'll see her giving like, oh, I see what's going on, right? She really, really doesn't love herself. Wow. Yeah. And then you're – I'm making it up, no, right? And you're going to say – you're going to say, look, I just want you to know I love you. You can be however you want. I don't care how you are. I love you. I, I'm – if I'm right, you'll tell me and like, wow, you know, how'd you know that? But in this moment, I think I'm just making it up. But you make it, it's how I, it's how I live my life. It's like, okay, well, let's see how this works out. I know how to do it from my mind. I know how to do it from my ego. I know how to do that. My, my, my teacher used to say, he said, you have a PhD. You are the universal expert in being you as you have been up until now. He said, now we're going back to kindergarten for you to get a new degree. So kindergarten is like, wow, I'm sitting here in compassion. I wonder what I'm going to say. Hmm. Wow. Wow, that is so deep. I'm just completely enthralled. I mean, it's just, wow. I, I'm going to, I'm excited now to talk to her. Usually I'm like, oh God, <laughs> I just can't, I can't do it. So this is good because we all have people in our lives that are challenging sure. or you see their trauma and you know if they could just get into their trauma and- you know, but it's too hard. So there's other things they put up as a barrier that's hurting themselves, you know, because you said yourself, I mean, until you went to Brazil, right? It, 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 it's sometimes it's hard to, to do, to deal with. Sometimes it still is. I bet. So sometimes that person you're referring to is looking back at me from the mirror. Yeah. But it sounds like you've done a lot of work on yourself. And I think that's huge. You know, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about what you want people to get out of your book, Gift of the Body. And that's a great title, by the way. And I, I, I get a sense of it from what, what we've talked about. But if you want to expand on that title and also just like what you hope people take away. Okay. All right. Let me expand for a second. In fact, each of us has four gifts. We have four gifts. One is consciousness, right? Consciousness is amazing. We, we're having this conversation. You, I can ask, you can ask questions. I can think about them, right? Awareness, consciousness, an incredible gift. Second is the body that our consciousness inhabits while we are incarnated as a human. That's number two. Number three is choice. Number four is the ability to actualize choice, to 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 choose something and then do something about it. Those are four amazing gifts that not all creatures have, right? Creatures have some, but not all, okay? So I, get, I regard it all as a gift. 
a gift from the universe. And then who and how, and that's all, everybody has their particular perspective. I have mine also, like, how did that come to be? But I live in a gift. Now, in my own life, that is a, a something I have come to because for me, it wasn't a gift. It was a, a sentence because I was in pain all the time. Um, so what do I want people to take away? Number one, I mean, it's a long book, right? It's 500 page book, so there's a lot in it. But number one, you are way more, way more beautiful, way more complex, way more incredible than you have thought you are. Number two, what the sages have taught for millennium that everything you need for your health, for your well-being, for your spiritual awakening is inside you is true. And I'm going to show you where those places are so that you can be the co-creator of your own process, of your own healing, of your own spiritual process also. All right. And the last thing is there's lots of hope. There's lots of hope. There, despair is not something that uh, serves anybody. And we don't know what's going to happen with anything. But when we connect with the space of faith in us, which also is another layer of the heart, faith it has nothing to do with religion. Faith has nothing to do with religion necessarily. Faith is also a, a vibration that lives right in front of compassion. When we connect with faith, what we understand is things take their own course. And there is a course, even though I don't know what the course is. Somebody knows what's going on. It's not me. But there's lots of hope. And to, to participate in the hope, what we have to do is be comfortable in the not knowing. A lot of the craziness that's going on now, by my view, a lot of the conspiracy stuff, a lot of this really madness that, that we're all seeing, is because people can't hang out in the not knowing. So I have to know something, and so I make it up. And then, oh, this person is describing it. It has to do with the lizards and, uh, you know. The oh, Jewish okay. space lasers. <laughs> Like the Jewish space lasers. Oh, well, I, I, great, because otherwise I have to realize that I am part of the devastation of nature and that nature is talking back seriously. But no, if it's the Jewish space laser, you know. So I, you see what I'm saying, though, that there's this, this, this desperate uh, panic about not knowing. But if I know that everything that I need is actually inside me and the same thing is inside you, and there's a space of the heart where we can meet whatever our opinions are and our ideologies are, if I know that, I can hang out in the not knowing. Oh my God, that is amazing. I mean, you're like blowing my mind right now. <laughs> Jonathan, what about for people, you you know, you mentioned choice, and I think that's a really important thing. Those four things that we all have inside of us are incredible. And as you were talking, I'm like pointing, I'm like, yeah, I, I love that. What about for people who have undergone extreme trauma? So I'm not sure what you had experienced in your life and people who have had things happen to them that are beyond their control. What would you say to them? A lot, a lot. First, I'm really sorry. And especially if it was something that somebody did to you, 
you know, I, I pray for, for forgiveness for them and I'm really sorry. That's the first thing, you know. Second thing, trauma is a state of, of frozenness. Trauma is a, it, when, whenever that happened, the response of the, the, the vehicle of the energy system was to stay at that moment because the, the, in, the, the unconscious experience was to allow that moment to play out was going to be death or dissolution. So there's a frozenness, right? The third thing is, and this this get this refers back to the thing um, that we were talking about about guides. There are energies that come in a moment of extreme trauma or a period of extreme trauma who protect the most sensitive parts of that person, which is usually a place in the heart. Right underneath, underneath, underneath in the heart, in almost everybody, there's a place of perfect innocence. So it comes to protect that place, and comes to then protect the 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 little kid in most cases, that part of us, that innocent little part, and so sequesters it, puts it in a room, takes it out, puts it somewhere somewhere else, and then stands guard. And sometimes what I'm saying is literal. In the same way that some of the imaginary friends are, are literal. Sometimes literally there is a guide, there is an entity, a consciousness whose job it is to make sure that you're never going to feel that again. And they've been doing it for 30 years or 40 years or 50 years or whatever it is. And they're like, uh, they're an idiot savant. They only know how to do one thing. So the process of healing trauma is, first of all, to help the person be empowered to under, to know and to feel that here, now, right now, in this moment, you're safe. Two, to, un, to see the results in their life of that frozenness and make a choice. Okay, are you willing to open? Are you willing to, to open it up? Yes or no? Do you give permission to the, the forces of light? Do you give permission to the, the, the healers? Do you give permission to your inner self, yes or no? And then in the unwinding of that, and then locating the, the, the kind of healing work that I teach, transformational energy healing, we literally locate in the field, in the aura, where that frozen place is. Sometimes it's over the left shoulder. Sometimes it's behind, a lot of times behind the heart. People like withdraw the energy of their heart and put it in a little box, like, and put a little key in, you know, like lock it. And it can be unlocked. And so the energy of your heart can then come forward and you have more the full measure of your heart. So all of these things. And then at some point, there's an inner negotiation with that entity or with that force that has been the guardian, right? What I say is that the guardian became the prison guard. So you're going to renegotiate the contract. Thank you very much. I'm super grateful. You saved my life. You saved my consciousness. You know, I'm I'm here, but new day. So here's your gold watch. Bye-bye.
Yeah, so, that is. And, and it can take, and, and, and it depends on the depth of the trauma and it depends on if it's linked to karma and it depends on all kinds of things. But that's the basic step-by-step do it. And it doesn't substitute. There's also psychotherapy that helps. There's also, you know, there's somatic uh, release stuff now, very, very powerful somatic, traumatic, somatic, traumatic release stuff. All of that conspires, but what I'm, but the, the consciousness, the awareness and the, the use of light on those specific places where the trauma lives can help a huge amount. That's, that's incredible. Speaking of light, uh, in the last few minutes here, tell us about the Essential Light Institute. Essential Light Institute came because I, I was doing, uh, I started doing workshops in 1994 and uh, did them very mom and pop for a number of years. And in 2008, uh, an angel named Shannon Ransom walked up to me after a workshop and said, no, we got to do something. This is, you know, this mom and pop thing won't work anymore. And so we created the Essential Light Institute, which is um, a space for all this teaching to happen and to hold also all the information. Lots of information has come through both from from guided meditations and also the writings and many, we have many uh, videos now. Many of them are free introductory videos. We have a 10-week a 10 session course now that I just did in September, October, that basically lays out the foundation of all that we've been talking to, talking about. It's a, it, it's 10, one and a half hour sessions. We've gotten very good feedback on it. Um, and it has links to the book. And so it's, it's just a gathering place for people who really want to study this because it's a study. I mean, we can talk about it and I'm super grateful to talk about it. But it's a work. It's not a panacea. I'm not, you know, I came, I grew up in Detroit and we, you know, there's a uh, a temptation song that says, vote for me and I'll set you free. I'm not, don't vote for me and I'll set you free. Don't, no. Vote for yourself and then work to set yourself free. <laughs> but it's a work. It, it's a, it's a training, you know, takes consciousness, takes awareness. And so all of that is contained there. We're about to do a series, a new series in March, April, May. Again, an introductory. Some of them are single classes, and then I'm going to do three-part classes for people who really want to start and get trained in this. And as I, as you saw from the little exercise we did, it it's not it's not hard. It takes awareness and it takes work, but everybody can do it because everybody has those four gifts. So that's it. And the book, Gift of the Body, is available on Amazon. We're just doing a new printing because all of us, I'm very grateful to say, we've we've sold lots of them now. The feedback we have is, is 100% good. People, you know, like it very much. It takes you through the journey. It's not a, you know, keep it next to the toilet and read it book. It's not that. <laughs> it's, it, it's a, it's a, it, it takes you step by step through each chakra when my writing, it took me seven years and I, everything I wrote about, I had to go through. So I'm, I'm very happy about it. Uh, I feel very grateful. Sometimes I read it and my daughter does our weekly, um, we have a weekly little newsletter goes out and sometimes she'll, sometimes she writes it and people think I write it, but 
because she's a very good writer, but sometimes I read stuff that I wrote and I don't remember writing it. And I'm like, wow, that was really good. Who wrote that? <laughs> you know, Jonathan, I mean, talk about good energy and vibes. I adore you. I mean, I, I mean, you're just, you just have such a wonderfulness about you. I mean, it's, it's fabulous. So is it the essential light or com or what's the Essen, essential light, one word, two L's in the middle, essential light, org, all lowercase. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.